Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Um, I'm in week four of this series called Set Free to Be and heard many stories of uh, people just really experiencing freedom over this series and just light bulbs, light bulbs going off of different things that, that the Lord wants to do in your life. And so uh, today, we're, last week I did part one of winning the war inside, and today I'm going to do part two. And uh, anybody good with a Rubik's Cube? Just a couple of the younger people. Oh, yeah, there's, okay, back here, there's two of you out of uh, 200. That's good. Uh, how many know the percentage is low? Anybody else get frustrated with th- those types of things when you're playing the Rubik's Cube and you can't figure out how to get all the colors on, on each side? Or, or anybody go to the Cracker Barrel and play the, the little stick game? Come on, man. You get to two and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to start all over. Cornbread in one hand and game in the other. Um, and it just it gets frustrating because you, you don't seem to win, if you will. And the ob- you know the object of the game. Is to is to get all colors on every side, or get down to one 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 of them, throw it in the air, and well, I did it. You know, it's like you, you get to that point, and but but there's a frustration that happens, and and when it comes to freedom issues, I feel like sometimes we can't get all the colors on the side of the Rubik's cube, and it becomes a frustrating journey, if you will. And I really feel like this is what Paul wrestled with. It was like the Rubik's Cube of life where he dealt with these frustrations and he battled and he wrestled and, and he tried to figure it out. And, and really, I think this is the greatest frustration of life is to have the desire to change and not be able to do it. It's a frustration that happens where we have this desire where we want to change things in our area, in, in our area, praise the Lord, area. And, and we want to change things in our life, but for some reason we struggle with it, and it creates a frustration. Well, I really believe that's what Paul was talking about when he was wrestling in Romans 6 and Romans 7 and Romans 8, and we kind of been taking this Romans journey. In Romans chapter 7, verse 23 and 24 says this, he says, I see in my members, again, we learned this a couple weeks ago, that is your flesh, another law waging war, notice what he says, against the law of my mind. So your flesh is raging war against your mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. So your body is fueled by its passions and desires, and there's a law in your mind that connects to those passions and desires, which then leads you to that place where sin begins to dwell, as he says, in your flesh. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And Paul wrestled with this. He, he struggled to understand, like, like, why am I experiencing this? I want to do good, but I always find myself not doing good. I always want to, I want to achieve all God has for me, but I seem to fall short of that. And it created a frustration and a struggle and a battle and really a war on the inside of the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, I mean, he wrote three quarters of the Bible you read, and he was a missionary and changed the world. But we wrestle with this stuff, and Paul wrestled with it. And, and the thing we have to understand is we talked about last week that there's a war on the inside of us, and it's, it's shame, it's, it's uncontrolled thoughts, it's compulsions, it's fear, it's hopelessness, it's bitterness, it's insecurity, and, and it's all wrapped up on the inside of us. It's in our flesh, if you will. And, and if, we, if we accompany a messed up mind with a broken flesh, we're going to have a problem. 
We have tension that happens between those two things in our life. And he gives us the answer in Romans 7, 25. He said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the answer. Come on, how many would say Jesus is the answer? He is the answer to overcoming everything that you experience in this world. The things which are happening now and the things which are to come, it's all about Jesus. And so you have to understand that you've been created with three distinct parts. You have, you have a, a spirit that must be redeemed, and that's when you say yes to Jesus. You have a spirit, and you're born again, and it's instantaneous. Some today, you walked in this room, and you're on the journey with Jesus, and you haven't said that prayer to come and surrender your life to him, and, and today you'll surrender your life, and it's going to be instantaneous. Come on, how many are thankful for an instantaneous salvation? You don't have to work it up. Come on, that's what grace and mercy does. You don't have to work it up. Then there's the second part of you is a soul that must be restored. There's the soulish side of you. So you have your spirit, soul, and then there's the body, a body that must be surrendered to the passions and desires of this world. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 John, he says that we're not to love the things of this world. The, love, the, love, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes are not of God but are of this world. So if you're being by, led by the lust of the flesh, now I'm not saying that you've got a sexual addiction. What I'm saying though is some of you just can't stop spending money. Oh, I heard some husbands were like, Amazon, cancel the account, somebody. But you lust for stuff. You lust, you lust for the more. Right? And there's this drip, you're driven on the inside of you. Now your soul, that, that must be, so your spirit, soul, and body. Today I want to focus on your soul. It must be restored. When you come to Jesus, this is a junk tank, if you will. There's a lot of junk up here, and it's a filter filled with junk. I was cleaning out my dishwasher the other day and hadn't done the filter in a while. Went in there, unscrewed the dishwasher, boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's amazing what you'll find in that filter. There's all sorts of mashed potatoes and popcorn. Come on, somebody. It was nasty. And I cleaned it out, and my dishwasher ran better efficiently, those sorts of things. If you want your life to run efficiently, you're going to have to clean the filters. You're going to have to deal with that. You know, we have a camper in our, our AC when it doesn't work like it should. Amen. No, I ain't, I, no, I ain't going in no tent. Come on, somebody. And, and if it's not working like it should, I always go to the filters. I clean the filters, and then the efficiency begins to happen again. It starts to put out the cool air that I need. Amen. But I had to check the filters. If you don't clean the filters, which is in your mind, the mind must be redeemed. It's a filtering system by which you live for God. And the Bible says you can live with a carnal mind or you can live with a righteous mind, but it's your choice. You can live with a pure mind or you can live with a broken mind or a lustful mind, if you will. You can live with a pure mind or a lustful mind. And the mind, it's the will. The, 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 the soulless realm is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions, how many know your emotions are crazy? They go, they go, they're like a roller coaster. Up one day, down the next. Up one minute, down the next. You know, you go to the office and people never know what they're going to get when you walk in the door. They don't know if they're going to get sad, happy, mad, walk on eggshells all the time around you and it's just up and down, up and down. Well, you're not controlling your emotions the way you're supposed to control them. So the soulless realm is where the battle is. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you took some time to think about what you think about. When's the last time you just sat and said, you know what, what, have I, what, what's my dominant thoughts in my life? See, I love what Stephen Covey said. He said it this way, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. 
You got bad character, it's not connected to just having bad character, it's connected all the way back to so a thought. Everything from habits to actions to character to destiny starts with a thought. It all starts in this realm where the battle is going on and you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Your mind is warped and twisted to the things of this world. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, in reference of that, he's talking about war. This is a war term, if you will. He's talking about strongholds. And the enemy comes in, and I'm going to explain stronghold in just a minute. So what does our enemy do? What's he do with our life? He shapes our thinking one brick at a time. He builds a stronghold in our mind. It's a walled city, if you will. And, and through one little aspect of, of life, and he comes in and the enemy puts the, the negativity brick and he puts the fear brick and he puts all these bricks. And before long, you got this stronghold. Some of you, it's insecurity. Some of you, it's fear. Some of you, some of you it's, a, it's a loneliness. And this, this just says, I can't trust people. I can't trust people. Why can't you trust people? It's because you got a stronghold. Yeah, you've been hurt. We're not going to go through that. Obviously, that's an experience that you've had. But those experiences can, if not handled right, can put a, put a brick in your mind that would create a stronghold. Then everybody that you get around, you think is going to hurt you. It's your filter, if you will. So listen, you live in this life you can't trust. You, you hear words like you can't trust. You, can't, you won't succeed. You'll always be broke. You never amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. Can't let them, you can't let people know your struggles. And brick by brick, wire by wire, he builds a stronghold in your mind. Now, I, I want to read, I, I've read uh, Who Switched My Brain Off by Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And this is what she said. She said, every single thought, whether it's positive or negative, goes through the same cycle when it forms. Thoughts are basically electrical impulses and chemicals and neurons. They look like a tree with branches. As the thoughts grow and become permanent, listen to what she says, more branches grow and the connections become stronger. So the tree grows in your mind. It looks like a tree. It looks like it has uh, limbs. And as the, as the thoughts become permanent, then all of a sudden more branches begin to grow. And that creates what the Bible calls a stronghold. You have all this stuff and, and, and uh, uh, negativity and bad thinking that connects to each other. And if you don't deal with it and dismantle it, this is going to be the place where you lose in life. And so as we change our thinking, listen, she says some branches go away and new ones form. Come on, how many want some of those old branches to go away? You know, when it comes to the realm of pornography and people that are involved in pornography, you know that there's roads created in your brain. When you look at pornography and you get yourself involved in those situations and you're, nobody else is knowing what you're looking at, you're creating roads in your brain. And every time you get to a place where you're exhausted or you're feeling insecure, you run to those roadways and you run to those pathways, if you will. And we have to understand today, that's really where iniquity begins. Iniquity is a Bible verse that means the bent place. That it's those roads in our brain that we run to in certain situations to get away from the situation. Instead of dealing with the situation, we run to bad patterns. Come on, somebody. I'm teaching this morning. I don't care what you say today. I'm coming at you, bringing it. Four, here it comes, four-course meal with an extra dessert. Come on. It says that new ones can form the strength of the connections change and the memories networks with other, other new thoughts. 
In other words, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is, so if you don't like the way your life's going right now, it's probably connected to a bad thought. It's connected to a bad idea. Proverbs 23, seven says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not what you do in front of people that you is. What, who you are is how you think. Because how you think determines how you act in public as well as how you act in the dark. Because really who you are in the dark is who you are. So thinking, thinking is the trip hazard, if you will. He says, for as you think in your heart, so are you. Some of you, it's not demonstrative, it's subtle in your mind. Some of you allow seeds of suggestions to sit in your mind about other people and other situations and that creates a stronghold. Here's what I mean. For example, some of you may say, why is pastor doing that? That thought may come to your mind. Why is he doing that? Why why, Why is he doing a certain thing or doing a certain way? Then you take that seed of suggestion and entertain it. Then all of a sudden you're like, now there's a, there's a barrier between me and you because you've allowed a seed to sit in there. Now I'm not talking about like, hey, pastor, what are we doing this? You know, I'm cool with that. I can talk to those conversations all day long. But listen, I'm talking about when it becomes bitter, when it sits long enough to where there's strife. Now I don't think that's going on. Just so you know, I'm just using this as an example. Amen. If it is, praise the Lord. There's healing. The point is this, when you take your seat of suggestion and give that seat of suggestion to the person sitting next to you, well, why do you think pastor's doing it the way it is? You know what that's called? That's called gossip and strife. That's what that's called. Amen? So that's just an example. And so what, what, what the Bible's telling us is, is, is we have to take control because our life's battles won or lost in the mind. Mind is the battlefield, not a playground. It's not a playground. It's, it, there's a different mentality that, that God, there's a God's truth to you and Satan lies about you in your mind. This is where the battle rages and this is what the internal uh, battle that we experience whenever we're fighting through getting freedom taken care of in our life. Set free to be all God wants you to be is connected to how well you manage the battle in your mind. Two thoughts about, two foundational ideas about your thinking. Number one, if you're going to overcome this, you have to identify the number one stronghold that's holding you back. You have to identify the number one thinking pattern that's holding you back. You know, I had this happen to me back in 2021. This happened. I was sitting in a meeting. I was in Florida. I was at a, I'm in a pastor's group of cohort for a year. I was in this group for two years, actually. I need a lot of help. Come on. So I was in this group and these guys, and we were sitting down there and we were having a conversation and you know, my past, like it started like my, my, what what I'll call like a a kind of an, like a rejection, kind of an orphan kind of thing, kind of a, um, I wouldn't call it that. It's, it's, um, how do I want to say it? Uh, It's more of, it's more of a survivor mentality, if you will, that if I let go, then I'm going to lose everything, if you will. And, and, and I, that's, I just grew up that way and I started to see that creep up and I started to creep up in affecting where we're going as a church. Can I be transparent this morning? Praise the Lord. Don't throw stones at me. But listen, and so I had that internal battle going on with me and I was sitting in this meeting and somebody said something in this meeting that, that just broke the entire thought pattern off my life. And he, I forget the, the full wording, but it was more like, Jason, if you continue to hold on to that in control, you're actually gonna lose what you're trying to keep. 
And I said, that's fine. Let's go. Move on. We're moving on. I mean, it was that quick. And I was like, okay, I know what to do. Next steps. We need to start to put in the process. Let's build our facility. And we launched our campaign in 2022. Come on, somebody. That thought was broken off of me. So we didn't run dead in the water. And so I want you to understand today that I had to identify that stronghold. So what's the stronghold holding your marriage back? Come on, you want to be served versus served? That might be a stronghold you're dealing with, right? And so you have to, there's some, there's some, some strongholds in us that we have to identify. Is your, your issues of addiction and pornography attached to a stronghold of insecurity and nobody will ever like me? Is it an intimate issue? Is your marriage bad in a way that there's no intimacy so you have to run to the internet? I'm talking real this morning. Come on, somebody, I'm gonna have to say it. Somebody gonna have to say it. And I'm the only one with the microphone. So we have to understand today that we have to identify, and he says, listen to what he says, we don't wage war as the world does, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, he says we wage war, that means to actively engage or participate in warfare, usually after it's declared, and so how many of you know we have to declare war against our thought patterns? He says, we're going to wage war and we have to actively engage and participate in declaring war over the negativity of the enemy that comes into our minds. To declare war means to make a public announcement that you're starting a war. Some of you need to start doing that with your enemy. When he comes in with these thoughts, oh no, I'm making a public announcement that we're about to go to war. I will not live in the bondage of yesterday and let you destroy my present and keep me from my future, you need to declare war on the enemy and your thought patterns. Come on, somebody. See, it also means this. He says, he says that over all the power, that just simply means it's, it's, the, word, it's the word dunamis. It's the word dunamis, that he's given you power to dunamis, the explosive power of God to demolish strongholds. So strongholds is so. I mean, I'm just gonna mentally assent and I'm gonna win this battle. Oh, no, you're not. If that was the case, you would already want it. What's the missing factor in you demolishing strongholds? The power of God in your life. How do you get the power of God? Relationship with Jesus and his word. He says that you'll demolish the strongholds, the fortified walled fortresses, and the prison that you are locked in by deception. The Bible says declare war against the prison that you've been locked in by deception and command it to come down. Identify it. You can't wage war and demolish what you don't acknowledge. You have to acknowledge it. You have to get real before you and Jesus and maybe other people. That's the beauty of small groups. It's not just so you guys can hang out and eat French fries. I don't know why I said French fries. They sound good. I mean, come on. Come on, some loaded fries today after church. Come on, somebody. Going to Wendy's. Praise him. But, sorry. You can't wage war on something that you won't demolish. Jason, you have a food addiction. You need to get that taken care of. I acknowledge it, everybody. Praise the Lord. I twitch on Sundays because I can't have Chick-fil-A. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You can't conquer what you won't confront. Listen, every negative thought that doesn't go unchecked has the potential to create a negative stronghold. You have to. The Bible says every thought that comes in must be managed. If you don't, if it, does, if it comes unchecked, then it can create a negative stronghold in your life. Think pathways. You know, my son played baseball, and he was a pitcher, and behind the backstop, man, if you, you could see where Jason had been. 
where dad had been, right? He was a pitcher and I would walk from this side of the backstop to that side. I'd be like, come on, B, throw the two. Come on, baby, give him the one. You know what's going on? That's right. Strike out. Go sit down. You know, I'm freaking out. Praise him. It's Christian. And uh, you have to understand that, that I got crazy. But if you look down, you can see my pathway. My pathway was because I constantly walked in the same place for a long period of time, and it created a pathway. That's what happens in your mind. That when you think upon certain, certain things, if you walk over a certain area in your life and you think upon it for a certain time, an amount of time, it's going to create a pathway. If you constantly dwell upon it, Romans 12 says it this, says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transfer you into a new person by changing the way you think. Another one says do not conform to the pattern or the pathways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many want to be transformed? How many want to be set free from this junk? How many want to break off the stuff that's got you bound? Well, guess what? You're going to have to identify it. Number two is this. Name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. This is really simple. That means you're going to have to pick up your Bible. Right? You can't just declare war and be like, I'm coming after you. No, you got to have some, come on, you got to have a sword. you got to have an arsenal. So you identify it, and then you name the truth that demolishes it. He says this. In uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, he says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. How does that happen? Listen, listen, this word, this word, I looked this up. Boy, I got this. Boy, you ever run in your office? I got excited about this one. I ran in my office on this one. He says, take captive. It's a war term, and it literally means to capture with a spear or a sword. Mm. Some of you don't know where I'm going, but I'm going there anyway. In other words, you got to bring it, you got to bring those thoughts like a prisoner of war. Uh, take authority over like a prisoner of war. In other words, it is no longer doing what it wants, but it has to come under the authority of Christ. He said, to capture it, you must use a sword. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, in verse 18, in the, in, the, in the Passion, says, embrace the power of salvation, full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies, and take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of, word of God. What's the sword? It's the spoken word of God. It's just not knowing God's word, but it's also getting God's word in your mouth to declare war against that thought. And as you start to say what God says about you, and you start to declare what God says about you, that thought, all of a sudden the branches, whoo, begin to break. And you're not the same person ever again. Hey man, I'm there. Man, when I came into this, man, I came like Lazarus. I might have been born again, but I got a lot of grave clothes, and it's in my brain. And here I come into the body of Christ looking crazy, stinking. But it took me some time, and as I began to take the sword of God's spirit, I began to break old patterns that were in my life of neglect, of loneliness, of you'll never amount to anything. From the times where I'd sit in my bedroom ready to take my life, these branches were on the inside of my mind, but I realized that through the power of his word that I can take those thoughts and I can chop off those thoughts and I can create new thoughts and be transformed into everything Jesus wants me to become. Same for you, church. We take it with the mighty sword. Listen, it's the only offensive weapon you got. It's the sword. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful 
Whoo, I see the enemy running for, oh boy, I know what's coming in the next couple months. And I see the enemy running with a tail between his legs because the church, whoo, we're going to rise up with our sword of the spirit and the word of God. And we're going to cut off ideologies and we're going to cut off thought patterns and we're going to break these things in our life. And the enemy's going to lose in our life. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and merit, exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Come on, you identify, you identify the stronghold and then you take the word of God and you find a truth that speaks against that, against that lie and you begin to quote that over your life. If you live in fear, find verses on peace. Don't study fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Come on, somebody. And you got to start taking the word to break the branches. So here's three quick things. I got to go. But three quick things. I don't know where I'm going, but I got to go somewhere. <laughs> here's, here's three daily mental habits that, I, that will help you with the word of God. So if you're fighting shame, let's say you get up and you fight shame. You're fighting these internal battles. Every day, remind yourself that you're in Christ. Come on, Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And if that's the only verse you got, you're tired of living in sin and you're going through the cycle and you mess up every day and you're screwed up and you just keep going through, you just need to keep saying it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Come on, man. Like you got it. You, this is what means to declare war on your thoughts. Come on, this is what it means to tear down the forest in your mind of the enemy. This is what it means to build new trees, if you will, and new pathways. He says there's no condemnation. In other words, absolutely not, most certainly not, no condemnation. Number two is if you're dealing with uh, uh, uncontrolled thoughts, you're dealing with compulsions and fear every day, listen, set your mind on the spirit. Start your day differently. Start your day with Jesus. See, because temptations is a test of relationship, not of willpower. When you're tempted, it's about strengthening your relationship. Hear what I said. Temptation is a test of relationship, not of willpower. I'm going to get through this temptation, and I'm going to get through it. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. No, you ain't. Willpower doesn't beat temptation. The only thing that beats temptation is if you take the word of God and say things like, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. How many of you are spiritually minded? Then there's life and peace there. He says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So you got to get up and you got to let the Spirit of God guard your mind. You got to start to take control over those thoughts and compulsions through God's word. See, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Let me declare that to you today as you're rebuilding the inside of you and your thoughts. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. He says you are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. And then number three is this. You find hopelessness, bitterness, insecurity every day. Focus on the long term, not the short term. Focus on the long term, not the short term. What's that mean? Romans 8, 17 and 18. Since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. And we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for him. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share his glory. I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared, come on somebody, at all with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. You have to get up in the morning 
And if you're fighting these things, you have to say things like Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. I can tell you through the last, I don't know, <laughs> I've been a Christian for since 1994. And I can tell you through the years, especially pastor in the church, that there's been times where the enemy tries to take you out with your thoughts. He attacks your family. He attacks things in your life. And, and there were several attacks on my kids and just mental things going on. And, and they may not understand all of that, but I would go and I would, I would, I wouldn't let it happen. They were experiencing things. And when they would be at school, I'd be at home with my Bible and scriptures about my kids. And I would start to walk my floor and I would anoint their beds with oil. They're probably coming home like, why does my, my bed smell like pork chops? You know? <laughs> it's that oil, that anointing oil. And I would walk the floor and I would pray for my kids that they wouldn't walk in the ways of the world that they wouldn't have the trees in their mind of the things of this world. And, and I would declare over their world and I would start to say, greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world. I would start to say things like they're overcomers through the blood of Jesus, by the word of God and by the word of their testimony. Listen to me, folks, if you don't declare war, who will? Your own personal war and your own personal mind, you have got to, well, you say things like, I can't get it done. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not a good mom, I'm not a good dad. Christ in me is more than enough. I don't like what I see in the mirror. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're scared about the future. Worry's not my master. I have faith in God that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. You must declare war on these thoughts. You must get up every morning and take a scripture. Get this scripture in your heart and declare it over those thoughts when those thoughts come up in your mind. No, the Bible says those that are pure in spirit will see God. I refuse to walk in the lust of the flesh because I wanna be pure before my God because I wanna see him move in my generation. Second Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him. There it is. Through the word of God, everything we need has been given to live a godly life who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. I can't give you an altar call on this one, but I will give you an altar call on salvation today because this message is something that you're gonna have to determine when you pick up your sword. Church, I can pray over you and I can pray over you all day long, but it's a decision of your will. If you wanna win in the soulless realm, you're gonna have to pick up your word. Come on, man. You gotta pick up your word again. You gotta pick up the pages again and start reading the Bible again. Some of you, there's stuff happening with your kids. Hey man, some of it, some of it you have to realize a lot of it is a spiritual attack on your kids. They might've opened their self up to things and things in their life that you don't even know about. And the enemy's taken that out of their neglect and out of their uh, immaturity and he's put a stronghold them in them. And listen, you're gonna have to take the word of God on that thing. You're gonna take the word of God. And I'm not talking about just blasting it in their face. I'm talking about Matthew chapter six that says the God that sees me pray and declare in secret will reward me openly. Maybe today you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. And that's my first step. 
today, you that haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're probably, you've probably fought with the, the thought of doubt and unbelief. And will Jesus really do it? Does he really love me? See, those are all thoughts. Can I tell you today, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says, whoever, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You will be transformed and it will be instant. Your spirit will be brand new. So today you say, pastor, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need him to wash my sins away as far as the east is from the west. And I want to make him Lord of my life. Will you raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to pray for you. Just raise up your hand. You say, that's me, pastor. Yes, sir. Who else? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Who else? Maybe you're watching online today. Go ahead and type in the comments there. Type the word yes in there. And we want to pray for you. Let's all pray together this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, to raise from the dead for me. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's praise the Lord for those that said yes to Jesus today. If you said, stay close, Connor. If you step, if you said yes to Jesus, stop by the uh, next steps here. We have a I have decided box for you. There's a baptism uh, next steps card. There's a Bible journal. All that stuff's in there. Want you to want you to grab one of those. Fill out a card and grab a box. Help you in your discipleship. Again, I want to pray for you, church, before we start before we leave. I want to pray over you over this word, and then you'll be dismissed. Don't forget, small groups are happening. Small groups, stop by there. They're all headed out there now. So let's pray. Lord, this word was not of me, it was of you. I thank you today, Lord, that you want your church to be battle ready. Help us overcome. Help us to destroy the old branches so we can branch out into the new things you have for us. Lord, I thank you for freedom. Freedom in the mind that brings freedom in our behavior. Freedom in the mind that brings freedom in our families. Freedom in the mind that brings freedom in our career. Freedom in the mind that brings freedom in our kids. Lord, I thank you today in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. I felt this in my heart and I know I'm getting ready to close, but for some of you men, listen to me. Things that are being passed down to your kids, you've got to stop. What do I mean? Majority of the things that are passed down to our kids come through us. So I want to encourage you today. I'm not battering you at all. I want to encourage you that God is wanting to raise up men that are like Josiah, that will break the idols of old, that will break the patterns of old, so your kids don't have to walk in the stuff you walked in, that he wants to change your thinking as a man of God, but you have to, you have to make a decision to pick up his word for that to happen, for generational curses to be broken, the generational pathways and cycles to be broken. Somebody has to put a stick in the cycle, if you will, and stop it. So, Father, I pray for each person in this room. I pray for the men of this room. I pray, Lord God, for the areas in our lives, Lord, where we need you. We all need you, Lord. Lord, areas in our life where our thinking's messed up, thank you today, Lord, that we reconcentrate and we we reset our ability to handle the sword in this next season. And so, Lord, we love you today. We take authority over those thoughts that, that, that bring us into captivity. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap for us? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.